Good morning, everyone. It is time for Neon and Beyond. I'm your host, Steph McKenzie. Thank you for coming along on this journey with us where we get you up close and personal with great things that continue to happen here with information, assistance, whatever is going on. I'll try and get you covered the best I can in Clark County, Southern Nevada, and the greatest state ever. Nevada. Now, my next guest, I'm very, very, very excited to have her back on the show. Been trying. She is very popular. You probably see her all over social media, TV, everywhere. But the beautiful Dr. Madison, Associate Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Roseman University of Health Sciences. Dr. Madison, good morning, my love. How are you? I am fantastic. You know, living the dream. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Now, you and I have a a very long relationship, two and a half, three years now going strong. Um, Yes, (laughs) ma'am. We we touched base once a month when the whole world was shut down and the whole beginning of the pandemic and corona and all the variants and everything going on. And I've seen you all over, and I wanted to touch base with you as we kick off 2023 and talk, of course, about the current state of COVID, infections, and what's been going on. So let's kind of start there. Where are we today with COVID as we know it? So where we are today is actually in a really good place. And so I'm happy to say that a confirmed number of cases are actually quite low. If we look at where we were the same time this year, this uh, last year, we're looking at like maybe not even like 1% of the number of cases that we had at the same time in January of 2022. We saw that huge spike post-holiday season of tons of infections, and we just aren't seeing that. Um, obviously, we do um, know that uh, you know we're still kind of waiting patiently to see if we're going to get Um, a a little surge in cases post people coming back from the holidays, but it doesn't really look like we're seeing that um, the way that we did in in January of 2022. And part of that is because of two reasons. Uh, The first is that most people have had um, either the wild type infection, meaning they've been infected with COVID once, sometimes twice, sometimes three times, or they've been fully vaccinated, which is really exciting to see. Um, you know, we're still pushing booster doses, uh, especially in vulnerable populations that are more likely to have, you know, illness, hospitalization, and death. But overall, we are sitting in a really good place right now. My first question to you, and of course, I'm just going to come from you know, media, a, a person that lives everyday life, a mom that has two kids that's out and about and everywhere. But as the concern for COVID, that pretty much is always going to be there. Is it now on the shelf as far as flu is concerned? Or is it something with all these new variants popping up that we should really be worried about in our daily lives? I think the biggest thing is just um, making sure that you're up to date with the latest. Because obviously, you know, this is a global pandemic, and right now we haven't really seen the full extent of, you know, the ending of the zero COVID policy in China. So right now, um, you know, they actually, their number of cases looks a lot like what we had here in the U.S. and in Europe two years ago. 
And so understanding that, you know, people travel, and even though we have some restrictions with uh, people traveling from Asia right now and requiring testing and vaccination, that, you know, the, the borders don't, you know, the, the virus doesn't know borders, right? It right. It comes across like it doesn't care um, and it doesn't discriminate. And so just really making sure that people understand that as we sort of, like, I think I've talked about this before. I think we're kind of doing a dance with the virus. Sometimes the virus takes the lead and sometimes we take the lead. And right now we're in the lead um, and, you know, we're driving, um, you know, the bus as to say. And and before we were very reactionary and, you know, we were reacting to what the virus was doing versus, you know, us living our daily lives. And right now we're really lucky and the fact that we have low case numbers and, uh, you know, and for the most part people have underlying immunity. And so that's really protecting people if they are exposed uh, you know, in their daily lives. And so I think the big thing, like for me, I just went to CES. So when I was there, obviously knowing that there was a lot of international travelers, I wore a mask the entire meeting. And so I only took it off to take pictures and then I put it right back on. But ultimately, um, you know, I, it was based on my personal level of risk, knowing that I was around a bunch of other people that potentially could be asymptomatic or may have had the infection and not known. Okay, and so with all that being said, we keep hearing the word variant and the variants and different things along the way. With everything that you just said to us, is that something we're always going to see? Should we be concerned about variants or how do we live in that world? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is just knowing that um, if the virus has a means to replicate, meaning if it has a host, like you or me, um, that doesn't have any immunity, then it can mutate and change. And when it does that, it can create new variants. And so that's really what's happening right now in China. So the one that we're really looking at now that's the kind of the new growing uh, variant here in the United States is named X. BB-1-5. So unfortunately, this is now the most transmissible version of the COVID uh, virus yet. Um, And, you know, we've seen it um, because we do something called wastewater monitoring. So we look at the wastewater to see um, if there's changes and if we see, um, you know, uh, new uh, infections popping up. And so, you know, with that monitoring, we're now seeing about 40% of the new cases being this new XBB1-5. Um, uh, uh, so, you know, it, it's not something that I would say that the average person um, that's otherwise healthy or well uh, should be concerned about, especially if they have been fully vaccinated. But if you are someone who has chronic medical conditions like diabetes or hypertension, or if you're overweight, or if you have, um, you know, other medical concerns, uh, or if you're older, um, then I would say, you know, you definitely want to make sure that you're keeping abreast to know, like, what's going on in your um, in your community, because obviously different communities have different levels of risk. So. 
us living in Vegas and, you know, being so transient and having a lot of international travelers, um, you know, if you are somebody who is around those areas, that could potentially put you at risk versus, say, living in New York City, same thing. A lot of international travelers, very large, um, you know, hub with JFK and the other airport systems there, D.C., LAX. So it just is really based on what your, um, you know, what's going on in your local community, and then um, your own personal risk. And so again, those public health measures that we talked about at the beginning of the pandemic are still tried and true, which is washing your hands, washing down surfaces, and wearing a mask if you're in areas where you're not sure if other people are vaccinated or if you're in very crowded indoor spaces. This morning, we are talking to Christina Madison. She is Dr. Madison, the Associate Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Roseman University of Health Sciences. And as we kick off 2023, I thought it'd be a great time to touch base with Dr. Madison and see where we are as far as COVID is concerned in the whole world and what we can do and what's going on. Now, let's talk about vaccines and boosters and those that have been infected before. Different layers here, right? So at this point in the game, um, would you say or can we say that majority of almost everyone has been infected or asymptomatic? Uh, I would say that a large portion of the population, probably around 70 percent, has either been infected or has been exposed. So that's a little bit different, right? Because there are some people who um, have never had a COVID infection, or maybe they didn't test and they were asymptomatic. So as of what we have based on the data, it's probably around 70%. Um, Now, could I say that, you know, the likelihood of that probably being a little bit higher, knowing that people didn't test, a lot in the beginning and may have been asymptomatic carriers. Um, you know, it's possible. Right. Um, but I wouldn't say that everyone's been infected. Um, there are still some people who have avoided getting COVID um, for whatever reason, whether that's their own innate immune system or because they're fully vaccinated, um, they have been able to avoid getting infected. However, I will say, remember, the purpose of vaccination Um, just to be clear, was never to prevent people from becoming infected. It was always to prevent um, severe illness, hospitalization, and death. And when it comes to boosters, will we still have to keep getting them? So the booster that we have right now, which is currently commercially available, is against the two um, biggest Uh, strains that we think are the most likely that people will be exposed to. So that's the original strain of COVID that was the very first one. And then also the Omicron BA5 and BA4. So those are what's in the booster um, right now, what we call the bivalent booster. So bivalent meaning two, so two different strains of the virus. And so that booster, um, because it has the two different uh, uh, variants or the versions of the virus, is actually really effective. And we're thinking that most people who receive that vaccination will likely not need to receive any future vaccines for at least 9 to 12 months. 
So it may be more akin to like the annual flu shot versus what we were seeing before, which is where we were seeing like it waning and then people needing to get boosters like after six months. So this does seem to be a little bit longer. And then in some instances, um, it may even last longer than that in some other people. So we're still waiting to get more uh, long-term efficacy data, because obviously we just got that um, authorized in August of last year. And at the end of the day, it is a practice of medicine. So for those that are like, oh, my gosh, no, that doesn't work or they're against it, you know, it's just all of us going through this together and being the best prepared and the best equipped so that you don't possibly, you know, let's just say it, die or have the worst case scenario with the COVID. Yeah, and I always say whenever I do any interviews and any media, I always say this is the most up-to-date information I have as of right now. <laughs> you know, right. that could change and in an changes. hour, that could change tomorrow, but I give you exactly what I know as of right now. <laughs> yes. So. Well, a lot of great information this morning, and I'm so glad we finally got a touch base. Dr. Christina Madison, the Associate Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Roseman University of Health Sciences, has joined us today. And before we let you go, of course, we have to give the greatest of all the ways to keep ourselves the safest besides vaccines and boosters. What can we do in our daily life? So eating healthy, um, exercising, obviously those two things, you know, the better you keep your overall health and wellness and making sure that your chronic medical conditions are well controlled, that's one of the best ways to protect yourself, as well as some of those just basic public health measures, like washing your hands frequently, um, washing down surfaces. Um, if you're sick, stay home. And then if you are going to be around people of unknown vaccination status um, or around large groups in indoor spaces for a prolonged period of time, you should wear a well-fitted mask. So that should be either a KN95 or um, a surgical mask or an N95. And I'm not sure if you know the answer to this, but I was sitting here thinking, too, with all the great information, where can we tell people to go as far as social media or websites to keep up to date on everything? So um, for those who are here based in Southern Nevada, I would absolutely recommend going to the Southern Nevada Health District website. They have um, a real-time uh, surveillance and their COVID-19 dashboard and reports are updated every Wednesday. Um, they talk about uh, wastewater surveillance, variants of concern, um, uh, the case numbers, number of people who have been vaccinated. So all of that information is readily available to the public. I would also recommend going to the CDC's website. They have a, a COVID-19 page. Um, as well as ASPR, which is um, a website um, specifically around uh, preparedness. And so that has information for people um, if they need to get access to therapeutics. So there's a whole page on, like, you basically just put in your, uh, your, um, uh, your uh, zip code, and it will tell you where you can get access to COVID-19 therapeutics. 
So ASPR stands for the Administration for Strategic Preparedness and Response, and they have a whole um, section on all the different medications that are available at no cost to you um, if you do become sick or ill with COVID-19, um, as well as the preventative medication that you can take if you are immunocompromised called Shield. So that's also um, something else that you can get available and can be prescribed by your uh, your doctor. Oh, my gosh. So much great information. And I'm so glad we finally got a touch base. You know, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but we got to touch base once a month for a very long time. We haven't talked for a very long time, and I hope that it uh, we don't get to talk for a little bit longer. Just that means that things are going well. <laughs> Uh, I was not offended that you did not reach out, my dear. It meant that things were going a little bit better. So uh, in this instance, the no news is good news. Absolutely. Dr. Madison, Associate Professor of Pharmacy Practice at Roseman University of Health Sciences. I really appreciate your time and thank you for everything you continue to do and have done. And you are beautiful. I hope you have a, a great day and a great week and a happy new year. Thank you so much, Steph. It's always a pleasure.